0: The views expressed on this broadcast of the Carol Ann Preston Show do not necessarily reflect KHLT Recovery Broadcasting or its affiliates. The hosts, co-hosts, and affiliates do not represent any particular 12-step program. I sit and wait Does an angel Contemplate my faith. Me. I'm loving angels instead. Welcome to the Carol Ann Preston Show on Relationships, a weekly show exploring the challenges and opportunities we face with each other as we walk through recovery. Author, relationship counselor, and recovered alcoholic, Carol Ann Preston shares her personal experience and professional insight as she answers your questions and reveals the solutions found in our spiritual journey of the 12 Steps. And now, here's your host, Carol Ann Preston and the Monty Man. Welcome back, family. We are back in the saddle again, as the song goes. <laughs> hey, Carol, how's it going?
1: <laughs> We're doing great. It's so good to be back. This is going to be a fantastic year, and I've really, really missed um, the
0: show. <laughs> yeah, me too. And I was listening to 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 the uh, the the intro music, and I was thinking, wow. Yeah, we're 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 back online again and, and uh it's it's just just a good deal and and you've been so sick and I went through that the whole fentanyl thing which many of the listeners um have have inquired and I told them about and it's just good to be alive and uh just being capable of doing this. Yep. Yeah, yeah right on sometimes right on. life
1: just throws this life <laughs>
0: <laughs> yep sometimes it just is what it is I used to it ha- is
1: what it is and yeah. and we just you know but for the grace of god and the tools of this program we take things a day at a time yeah and trust
0: amen amen and
1: trust and and trust in his timing you know timing sometimes can be everything and when we push ourselves past um yeah, you know, we pushed the some of us pushed the envelope
0: <laughs> <laughs> i did it in my dysfunction and i tend to do it in my recovery
1: yep <laughs> so it's really good to be back and i appreciate the uh emails that we got in um I'm glad that uh listeners are, are anxious to get back to the traditions And we also will set up a show uh, in response to another email that we got asking us to do a show on co-sex addiction. Um, I just want to let this listener know that, yes, we are very aware of the realities of co-sex addiction and COSA, which is um, the Al-Anon, uh, it is a recovery program for those who are in relationships with sex addicts. And uh, co addiction is as deadly and as lethal and as destructive as the active addiction. So That's right. So it is, is an incredible uh, path of suffering, uh, just like alcoholism yep. and other addictions. So we are going to address this. And uh, Monty, maybe you can put up uh, a link to COSA um and then we'll figure out a date when we can um uh, do a show on this and if there's a listener that would like to participate on the show who is in recovery uh do so anonymously uh please contact Monty and we'll arrange that
0: yes and uh, folks that number can be found on our contacts link at takeswellradio.com. I'll give it to you anyway it is 541 541- 926 6. please leave a message on the studio answering machine and uh, make sure you leave your number and uh, I'll get back to you a s a p if you'd like to be on the show and uh, share or ask questions, please do that and we 'll set it up. Uh, Today, we're going to pick it up. We've done Traditions 1 through 3. If you look at the podcast box and look at the button that says Post, P-O-S-T-S, click on that and it'll bring up uh, each one of those and you can listen to those shows if you want to get caught up. Today, Tradition 4 is where we're picking it up here for the new year, which states each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or AA as a whole what in the world does this have to do with us and our families?
1: (laughs) (laughs) You know, this is, I have to tell you, this has been so much fun to read the traditions, to contemplate and and think about how this, the, the principles, and that's what we're looking at. We're looking at the principles of the traditions and how we can apply them to Our lives, and Mm. specifically, we've been talking about in our personal lives, our family. Um, And sometimes, I want to throw this out there. Sometimes, um, people, uh, if you're single, your family oftentimes uh, can become your employer and people you work with.
2: Yeah.
1: Say you get sober and. You're working for a a company, and they support you in your going to treatment or your recovery, and you've been there 15 years, and the company has really you've kind of grown up together, and they have become uh, like a surrogate family to you, and a lot of times if people are married or they're not married or they have a family or they don't have a family. There can be surrogate families, your AA group or your recovery group. Um, If you think about when you came in the program, uh, I know when I came in uh, to the group when we moved to Texas, you know, all the single people kind of got together and it was like high school. (laughs) Yeah. We grew, kind of grew up together. And then we started, you know, people started getting married and people started having babies and then people started getting in divorces and people started dying. And, and and it is a family. So you can, it's not just your biological family, it's, we have family systems in, in various areas of our lives. Sure. And so in looking at their traditions, how we apply the principles How do I do so in my personal life? And it expands because the traditions is about the group; it is not about the individual. Right. Okay. Where the steps is a although it says we, it is a we program. We admitted we were powerless. No one else can work steps for me, and the step. It, uh takes me uh, to a point where I have a spirit, profound spiritual awakening and a psychic change. That's for me mm-hmm. as we go along in recovery and their traditions is for us. It is for our group purpose.
0: Good point good point
1: right okay? so as you as you listen and you think and, and you hear, some of the things that we're talking about and the, pr- and the principles, remember that we're talking about applying these in the various families in our lives or groups in our lives. Mm-hmm. But specifically families. And the reason that I'm talking about families is because uh, just like Alcoholics Anonymous with their traditions, it is specifically um this the group is on the same page about spiritual principles, okay? Mm-hmm. And say at work, your work you have most companies have um, work uh, values and principles, so it, it tells you up front who we are as an employer and employees, who we are as a group. Our mission statement okay so that's clarified about who we are and what we what we stand for and in our families what we've talked about in the previous traditions is who are we as a family and using the example we are a family that has a foundation of living on spiritual principles right in fact, we are a family um, where each individual has made a decision um, about living a particular faith, whether you're Jewish or Christian or um, uh, various denominations, what you know, whatever that, whatever religion or denomination, but you have decided as a group who you are. Hmm okay mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. the various groups if you look around your life you will find that there is a foundation uh, there is a description of who you are as sure. a group Sure. that's what the traditions are really about is not just defining it but how to live within that
2: mm. Mm.
1: okay yeah yeah. Um, I'll give you an example. I had a, a, a lovely surprise a gentleman from I think he was from Africa. I got an email and he had read an article that I had written on honesty. So if anybody wants to read it, um, there's some editing that could have been done <laughs> uh, before I put it, but it's, uh, put in, you can put in recovery, honesty, or honesty, recovery. And it'll bring up a PDF file about honesty. And there are a couple of principles that this gentleman, as he, in his recovery and his business, wanted to bring his company in line with the principles he was trying to live. And he asked permission to borrow a couple of the statements that I had written because he was changing, realigning his company's mission statement. Okay. And one of them, um, I'm trying to think right now is, um, I, you know, I'm not gonna, I don't know how it's written, but as far as honesty goes, is that we um, are not, you know, our life is an open book, basically. Not that our company secrets are, but Mm -hmm. we don't do anything uh, or anything that we do as a company and as an employer or an employee can hold up to public scrutiny. Integrity. Integrity. Yeah. Absolutely. And honesty.
0: Mm Mm-hmm.
2: Mm -hmm. And
1: values. And so, um, values clarification. If you are an employer and you don't have a values clarification or a mission statement, your employees are going to be very confused about who you are as a group. So the traditions, in a nutshell, uh, we're just going on the presumption that you know, at this point, who you are. And each tradition gives us an opportunity to allow us to ask ourselves, who am I, or who are we, and where are we going? And who, who are we as a family? Mm-hmm. And Tradition 4, um, and some people have reminded us, please tell us the Tradition. Tradition 4, the short version says, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or AA as a whole. And I looked up the word autonomy, and, it, and it, the word that I kept saying was independent.
0: And that's in Webster's?
1: Uh, no, not in Webster's. Uh, Funk and Wagner. Funk and
0: Wagnall. okay.
1: Yeah. Uh, so in independent. Um, in a family, uh, we don't take hostages.
0: <laughs> now this, Carol, let me ask you this. Uh, sometimes we get confused with independence that is unhealthy in the sense of we try to do everything by ourselves you're not talking about that though no right
1: i am talking about um i'll give you an example um my daughter is she's just she's so precious and 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 now it probably makes her sound like she's 10 but she's 31 She, she is precious she is classy um, at the same time, she has uh, an innocent spirit, and she's fun, and uh, has, she has integrity and character. And I ju- I, she's just an, an amazing woman. And when she was about two, <laughs> <laughs> um, we were going to the grocery store, and my son was an infant. He was about six months old. And I told her to to go get dressed, and I went back there, and what she had on, I just, I sat there, and I just kind of put my hand on my head and just paused. (laughs) What do I do? She had on two shirts, a pair of pants, and a pair of shorts, and she was ready to go. And she had her purse. Okay. And in that pausing, okay, and, and at that age, and I'm guessing that she was too, it's been a while, is her autonomy, and, and children do this as we grow up, even in business, as our world expands, as our privileges expand, as our abilities expand, our knowledge, whatever, what comes with that is experimenting and discovering who I am with these new with this bigger world okay Mm -hmm. and with children and, and with employees we've got to give them guidance boundaries privileges and consequences and trust them in their growth to allow them to discover who they are. So here she is in this outfit, and in her bigger world, what she's doing is finding out about choices mm-hmm. and about what she likes to put on, about what she wants to wear, and probably any mother who's who's listening is is going. I would not be caught dead letting my child walk out of the house looking like that. (laughs) (laughs) And and the first thing that came to my heart was, what are people gonna think when I go to the grocery store? Not about her, but about me. It was about me.
0: Mm, Good point.
1: Okay? Yeah. And that's where autonomy comes in and independence. Her learning to make choices appropriate choices which it was i mean you know it didn't match so what she's gonna she's gotta figure out what she liked Mm -hmm. now if she came out with you know no pants on i would say that's that's a boundary (laughs) you know shorts on or something you know but she was discovering and and what we have to learn as parents is when people see my child what we automatically think because we do it is, why didn't that mother dress that child in, in something that's matching or looks better?
2: Hmm.
1: Instead of, wow, that kid got to experience and experiment with what they want to wear.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: How cool is mm-hmm. that? And i got to tell you, my daughter is a classy, she's gorgeous you know and when we when we give our kids chores and say okay now it's your turn to you're old enough to polish the furniture that does not mean you go behind them and do it over again because that sends a message to them that their effort their learning their beginning in the expansion of their new world and responsibilities is not good enough there's no room for growth perfection is expected
0: Wow, that, that is that is really a good point, and because there, there is a way, if, if, if they do it and it's not sufficient enough, there is a way to show them... To address it. To, to address it. But if you do it for them, they can actually grow up. You know, we're living in a society, particularly right now, where we're told that the government's going to rescue you in every situation. And, and, you know, I don't care how many promises, that that is not going to happen. Well, not know.
1: only rescue you, but they're going to hold everybody accountable. Right. When it, they're not even listening to the people that they've put in a position to yeah. say, hello, there's a problem here, and they're ignoring them. Yeah, yeah. We have to take responsibility. We do. Yeah. We have to take responsibility, and, and we have to think about the messages that we're sending. So when we're talking about autonomy... That's what we're talking about, is that everyone within the family is an individual. My children are not an extension of me. Hmm. So I did not um, graduate from college.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: My daughter has a master's degree. I didn't, for, I didn't make her go get a master's degree. Right. Okay, I encourage my children to go to college and to finish college. She, cho- you know, she chose to do that. Now, if, if she was an extension of me and I was living out my perception of my, quote, failure, if that's how I'm seeing my mm,
0: Through her. And
1: I would say, I would push my children to achieve and to do things that I failed to do. Yeah. Or that I'm not happy about my own life or that I was too afraid to do or that I made choices to do. I don't see my... But I'm not... I don't see myself as... I fail. (laughs) Uh I don't need my kids to live out my life. Another example is in high school. Or... Not high school. Elementary school with um, kids who want to play sports. How many parents were on the sidelines pressuring
2: Ugh.
1: seven-year-olds, screaming at them to not have fun, Oh yeah. but to, my gosh, be a professional.
0: Oh, I see that. Uh, uh, Colin, okay. Colin likes to play soccer uh, during soccer season. This
1: is a hot button.
0: Yeah, and I see parents do this, and it drives me crazy. And I'm like, you know, he was like, what, what, six years old when he first started playing soccer? He's just a little kid. He wants to have fun. Right. It's it's not about even you know uh, competition or winning, at not at that age. And I'm I'm seeing these fathers coaching, you know, being a a, a help as a, a coach helper okay. or something. Fathers or mothers, or, or mothers <laughs> out out there screaming at their kid, and then when the kid doesn't make the goal or whatever, actually getting angry at the child. Right. Yeah.
1: And I, and I'll give you an example. Um, of course, when I was in high school, <laughs> they didn't like girls. Everybody's gonna know how. I mean, like what age did you come from? Um, it, it's where I was, and it was the era. I mean, women were we were starting to to get a few rights. Uh, we didn't have a whole lot when it came to sports. But my senior year, girls were allowed to play basketball <laughs> half court. Okay, so uh-huh. I I I was a volleyball player, but I learned a lot about basketball because my. um The man who was truly a father to me, uh, my stepfather, um, was a CPA, and he would earn extra money uh, as a referee. And referees, I think we've talked about this, they start out at junior high, then high school, and then they are asked to um, referee junior college and then university games and then professional games. So, I mean, they're judged Mm -hmm. as, as to how fair they are, how good they are. Um, And when uh, him and my mother got married, you know, I was a a preteen, and here's, you know, here's this man with three young children marrying a woman with four teenagers, two of whom are daughters, and I just know how fearful men are going into a situation where there are teenage daughters. They're uncomfortable which is a whole nother show, is because they don't know how to relate to teenage girls. They're afraid. They're so afraid of mm-hmm. the sexuality.
2: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Okay.
1: And one of the things that Don did, which was such a gift, um, especially because I wasn't real thrilled about another marriage because the previous ones had been full of abuse and violence, and, and I was not real hip on this. Uh, it was a very loving man, uh, quiet, uh, probably workaholic, um, died very young from a heart attack. But what he did is he found something that was not uh, personal to the point of intimate to connect with me and that was basketball. And so when he would call a game, referee a game, he would, he would ask me, do you want to go with me and watch a ball game? So and I would go and I went every time he asked me to go. And then it got to the point, you want to go with me? And I didn't even ask where. I'm like, yeah.
2: <laughs> I didn't care where <laughs> we were
1: going because he was safe. And so I learned about basketball because I went to a lot of basketball games. And um, and he was just absolutely wonderful. So fast forward, my daughter's in the fourth grade, and there is no community. Uh, they have community basketball program, and I'm waiting for a phone call, and I call the, the uh, community center, and they're like, we don't have a coach. We've got an assistant coach who travels, but we don't have a coach. And I'm like... She's gonna play. She wants to play basketball again this year. Okay, I'll coach. I'd never played, but I had watched basketball since I was 14 years old. And the last game I got to see Don uh, referee was uh, university. It was a college basketball game where he was inducted into the Hall of Fame, and it was so exciting that that was really how we bonded in our independent, autonomous relationship.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And. We had something that was safe that we could connect about. And the last time I saw him, a few days before he died, he died suddenly from a heart attack. We watched. We sat there on that Saturday and we watched a professional basketball game. Mm. No talking. We we just were, and and it's just such a gift. And I can tell you that when I started coaching, I coached fourth, fifth, and sixth grade, and these girls we had so much fun. They learned how to play, but we had fun, okay? To the point that one of the girls did so good, she jumped in my lap in the middle of a game and called me mom. (laughs) (laughs) She forgot where she was. Now, the next year, I didn't coach. And we moved, and my daughter was on another team. And this man that was coaching was cruel. He was mean, and he expected these girls in the... Uh, I coached fourth and fifth in the sixth grade to be college level players oh, and gee. he would dress them down in front of the entire gym. Wow, yeah he did not coach after that year and the, and and what I regret is that I allowed my daughter to stay on that team and and it is so damaging to their self-esteem mm-. Mm-hmm. And so that was a group where the mission and, and the values of this group were um, non-principled. Mm-hmm. And he had no um, consequences until there were enough compliance the city pulled him. And, and it was a miserable year. You know, thank God she continued playing basketball once she uh, was in junior high and in high school. And that he did not have the power to destroy that. He could have if I was pushing with him. Mm-hmm. And parents have to be real careful because sports can become so intense if we have our own issues. I, see, I didn't play basketball. I could have really push my daughter. Mm-hmm. and let her live out what I didn't get to do. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, we can take that with our kids. We can take that with our spouse. We can do this in so many areas.
0: Our sponsees?
1: We can do it with our sponsees. Yeah. And and that's why we have to continue, and, and the big book tells us that we have to, our our. our Uh, My sobriety is dependent upon a daily reprieve based upon my spiritual condition, and I have to continue to grow spiritually, which means I've got to continue to address issues that I have. So if you just want to do a quick inventory, is look in your life and see what is pushing your buttons within your own family. Mm -hmm. One uh, another hot topic is money and we get to that okay um because it's the very first sentence it says, autonomy is a ten dollar word <laughs> <laughs> boy if they only knew yeah <laughs> um and and it and it goes on to talk about managing uh the group managing its affairs exactly as it pleases okay mm-hmm. except so the family our family manages, our family, families change. Okay, so that's right. the other thing that you've gotta remember because change sometimes is, is very fearful and uncomfortable. Families change. Um, there was a, we had a family of four. Well, five counting the pet. Or the numerous pets that we have that have died. <laughs> family of four. And then the kids grow up. And, and our family is autonomous, and we manage our affairs except, and this is in the first paragraph, when it says AA, so let's replace AA and, so, and put family or uh, your company. Mm-hmm. if you're an employer or an employee, except when the family as a whole is threatened. Mm-hmm. okay so, that's the nuts and bolts of this entire tradition, except when the family as a whole is threatened. Mm. An example, um, teenage child starts experimenting with drugs or alcohol, comes home drunk, or you have an 20-year-old child who's going to college or saving up money to be able to move out and is going to college, and um, they are using your credit cards without your permission. Mm Mm-hmm. See, what are some other things? Um, Mom or dad is having an Internet affair. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mom or dad is um never home because they are working and when they're not working they are taking their time that they need to deal with the stress so they're always gone right their own activities so they are absent that is a, these things are affecting the family as a whole as a whole sure another one would be gambling okay, Ga- you know, moderation, I think there's something in some of the letters that Bill wrote, moderation in everything, okay, gambling, say um, the parents go to, or the couple, let's say you don't even have children yet, or you're not going to have children, and you go to Las Vegas or uh, Atlantic City, wherever they have gambling,
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: and um, you decide, um we're gonna gamble uh, two thousand dollars. That's our gambling money for the weekend. And um, if you're uh, a, you know on your way to the airport and um, one spouse says, um, "Okay, so how'd you do?" Well, not so good. Well, okay, what's that mean? Not so good. We made a decision that we could afford. You know, when you're gambling, you've got to be able to make a decision of what you're willing to lose. Right. Okay? Well, what can you afford to lose? Is that the house payment? That's the problem. hmm Okay? If you're gambling with what pays and takes care of the basic needs of your family, you have a gambling problem. Right. So the spouse, that we made an agreement that we have two thousand dollars that we are comfortable risking. You didn't do so good. What's that mean? Did you lose? You know, you had a thousand. I had a thousand. Did you lose a thousand? You know, because if you did, that's okay. Because I won a thousand. Yeah. Well, not really. <laughs> I, you know, sort of got. Um, an approval on our bank account to draft and get a get a card. Oh, and they they that's why our rooms got comped. Why I didn't tell you, but our rooms got comped. Oh, really? Yeah, that's why we're in the limo, going back to the airport. <laughs> and well, uh, what did this draft on our bank account? How much did this free weekend cost us?
0: Yeah. Wow.
1: Um, I lost about five thousand
0: dollars. Oh gee, this is all too common, too.
1: Yeah, and when you get home, you find out that I don't know it was about five thousand. was really about seventy-five to eight thousand dollars, ten
2: thousand dollars. Hmm.
1: And what do you do? It's gone.
2: Mm-hmm. And it's like,
1: well, you know, they want us to come back. They want us to come back and actually, you know, because I was gambling so much that I, I have my own personal, uh, I don't know what they call them, hostess. I've got my own personal um, person. yeah. And, and she told me um, that they are going to fly us back for free. And and our airfare is paid for, and our hotel is paid for. They'll pick us up with a limousine, and everything is comp for the whole weekend if we'll just come back. Because I lost so much money. And the co-addict, if you don't know about gambling addiction, you're going to buy into this. And this is threatening the family as a whole mm-hmm. because you're you're now you are in an addiction you are in a problem especially if you buy into this they want to give us this free weekend no they want you to come back and spend more money and you're chasing you're chasing an invisible tail
0: yeah because <laughs> chasing they, the
1: money because it's they, just like doing drugs where right. i've heard people do cocaine I think, cocaine or heroin, where they're chasing the high.
0: Chasing the dragon, yeah.
1: Is that what it's called? I'm like, okay, I don't know what Uh the term is. You know, and gambling is the same thing. Sure. Um, So whenever, you know, we have a family... That is, uh, we've, we've made a commitment, if you remember, uh, in a couple of traditions where, as a, as a couple, we committed our life to God. We said the third step prayer together, and wow, all of a sudden, now, we have this gambling thing we find out about. Uh, one spouse goes away for the weekend and is doing the checkbook and starts seeing these 1-800 phone charges and has no idea what it is. And the spouse that's managing the money in the house, the house account, because it usually cannot be managed by two people, I will tell you that. That's right. Um, I agree. You know, just picks up the phone and calls and says, you know, I'm balancing my checkbook and I see the repetitive charges here And I need to know what these services are for. And they give you this name, uh, and it's like, okay, well, what kind of business is this? Because I need to make sure that these aren't fraudulent charges. It's a pornography site. Or it can also be an escort service. Mm -hmm. They use um, uh, shell company names.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, for the IRS, or for you know, or for whatever their business is, and then okay, am I going to confront my spouse or my child um, with these charges? I hope you, I hope there's enough recovery and enough principle. So if if you you've made a commitment in tradition three, okay. Right. And and now, this is what I want, this is what I pray that, that the listeners will hear. It's not that you have made a decision that your family and your group is living a spiritual life and now it's falling apart and things are going wrong what's happening is what was once in the darkness is now in the light Mm. this was already happening Uh you just didn't see it it's been going on and the kids you know whoever's coming in late at night's leaving the front door unlocked and you're living in fear because you never know and you can't go to sleep and you're going into work tired And now all of a sudden, people are waking up. Why? Because you're having your spirit, your life, your family, your group has changed purpose. The lights are on. And it goes on in Tradition 4, and it says that... um, Over the years, every conceivable deviation from our 12 steps and traditions have been tried. That was sure to be, since we are so largely a band of ego-driven individuals, individualist children of chaos. We have defiantly played with every brand of fire, only to emerge unharmed and, we think, wiser we think wiser these very deviations created a vast process of trial and error which under the grace of god has brought us to where we stand today so it's not that we think we became wiser than we emerged unharmed it was under the grace of god that we are brought to this point in tradition four where we are seeing what is threatening the very core of our family.
0: Yeah, the Good Book even says, uh, "Beware that your sin will find you out. It will be brought to the surface."
1: Right. Yeah. And and so one, And so many people think that, "Oh my gosh, we've made the spiritual commitment, and what's happening?" What is happening? Oh, my gosh, we've made this commitment, and there is just unacceptable behavior going on everywhere. And this is a gift. And Ray and I went through this as we have grown in the 17 years of our marriage. And relationships and families, you either grow through this or, and you grow spiritually closer to god and clean up your life clean up your family or you grow apart and you go in different directions and the destruction continues and it goes on to tell us that if we continue to live independently and to have behavior that threatens the family as a whole it's going to be destroyed mhm it will not survive And it goes on to say that we saw that the group, the family, exactly like the individual, must eventually conform to whatever tested principles would guarantee survival. So tested principles, honesty. Honesty and love. Faith. And the good book also says that love never fails. I don't care how thick that wall is with the person who is um, having their independence threatening the family security, Mm -hmm. the family's affairs, the family needs. Love will melt that wall. Loving that person with honesty and the truth that your behavior and separating the behavior from the person say I love you and you're gambling that ex- you know clearly is a problem when you exceed the amount that we agreed upon and has threatened our financial security for this month to be able to pay our bills and you're buying in to this free stuff they want you to come back they want you to believe you're going to get your money back. This is an addict behavior. I don't know if you're an addict or not, but that's what it looks like to me. And I love you so much that I I want you to just look in this mirror. And and the Internet, I found when I was doing the, the checkbook. Someone's been calling. Um... um uh, an escort service, or has been using our uh, your credit card for internet pornography, and I looked at the dates. I wasn't here. The kids weren't here. You were the only one here. And I'm lovingly asking you to look in this mirror to see how this is threatening our family as a whole. It's threatening our relationship threatening our trust. And I have faith that God, we invited God into our family to be the foundation and He's simply showing us what needs to change. And how would you feel if I promised you that I would not spend more than $500 in our uh, donation to the church for this year and I went to uh, a church uh, retreat and was so moved that I decided to give them $5,000 without discussing it with you how would you feel? Betrayed uh huh yeah. so that's a loving way see love heals all things love people it it opens the ears the heart but when i have to when i'm in a corner and i have to defend those men those claws are going to come out and i'm not going to hear the truth right and it goes on to say you know we have to continue to come back and go who are we and what actions and decisions that once were character that were once were character say assets protected me, kept me safe from intimacy are now character defects because they're keeping me from the one thing I want the most which is a happy, joyous, free, intimate, safe, loving, ethical, principled family based on a loving God. Mm-hmm. Who is which was a former tradition, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our family. Okay? Are, we, are you comfortable? We are going to pray as a family. There is a loving God who is the ultimate authority. And as a family, we're going to pray about this behavior. We're not keeping secrets anymore. And with the with the teenager, with the you know, let's let's say somebody's got one of your children has gotten married. Oh, another change. Guess <laughs> what? There is a change. There is a process of letting go, so they have autonomy. It's a new family. Yes, they are still family, but guess what? They have their own family now. It's just like a group that splits off and t- sets up another group. You can either be mad. Or you can learn to continue to have relationships. And learning to be a mother-in-law is not easy. I'm not her peer. I'm not her best friend. I am her husband's mother, and I love her. And it's been almost a year that they've been married, and I've had to learn because I want her to like me. But I had to remind myself that just like my children I'm not their peer, and I'm not their best friend. I am their mother. My mother, we have, she's 70 years old, and, and and we have our family, and now we live a few blocks from our mother. And we had to create some boundaries about coming over. So if the light, we have a signal, if the lights are on... <laughs> that means don't knock (laughs) okay because our kids are gone sure (laughs) don't knock if the lights are on outside if the porch light's on we're not we're not uh, up for company yeah you know and but we through trial and error and when you're committed to supporting autonomy I want you to grow up and have your own family and to be autonomous and where it can, we can hurt our children when they, when they have their own family is we won't let go. Or we won't let them let go. We'll let go because we believe in them, we trust in them, we trust in this marriage. But they're afraid to leave home. They're afraid to get too far away. They're afraid of marriage mm-hmm. they're afraid they're afraid
0: the, a prime example of this uh, Carol is, is when a parent uh, we're talk, talking about not letting your kids let go um, When a, when a parent puts fear in a child that if you do this in your new family like if you do not come to see us every Christmas at such and such a time if you do not do this or that then We're not going to have a relationship. And we're not talking about dysfunctional behavior, but things like... Oh, bribery. Bribery.
1: And all hostage taking.
0: (laughs) Oh, my gosh. You know, and and then the the child is so... Especially if the child already has maybe abandonment issues or uh, or other things going on, scared to death, and I'm going to lose my relationship with my mother or my father uh, unless we go to their house every Christmas... And then, and then, what do they do? They go to their house every Christmas, and that's not good enough.
1: And what happened? Yeah, what happened to their family or their other family? And you know, I want to something I want to bring up. You know, and this goes back to family rules. You know, we have spoken rules and we have unspoken rules. Okay. Mm-hmm. When uh, my children's father and I, when we got a divorce, what was important in his family—the holiday that was really important—was Thanksgiving. Okay. That was the really significant holiday in their family and in my family was is christmas and easter easter and christmas and um and so his was july 4th and thanksgiving and so when we got a divorce this is what my kids were this was their tradition is mm-hmm. that every july 4th they go to their dad's family has a family reunion and every thanksgiving they go to their grandparents. Now, I could have said no every other year. They're with me. But what is best for, even though we were divorced, right. our family changed. We were still a form of a family. Okay. Yeah. We were both parents to the same children, and what they needed had what was best for them. Had we made a decision that that was going to come first. We also made a decision we would not say anything negative about the other person to our children. Good for you. And, and we didn't. And i got to tell you, when he um, became terminally ill, I cannot tell you how grateful I was that God's grace was sufficient to allow me to call my sponsor, and talk about my issues with him, and not my children. Mm-hmm. And and it's been sixteen years since he passed away. And um, you know, I could I could I could do it today, but no. Why? I got to tell you, it feels really good that Thanksgiving they continue to go to their grandparents. Mm-hmm. because it was tradition and you know we gave them a gift because i didn't have a lot of tradition in my family and i wanted my children to have tradition they have tradition every july 4th of every year of their life until they became adults and and had to make other decisions a couple of times That's where they were on July 4th and Thanksgiving. Every Thanksgiving their entire life they have spent at their grandparents. And um, after their father died, they continued to go. And it was hard. It was really hard. Every Thanksgiving I cried. Every Thanksgiving. And it's like, okay, he's passed away now. It's my turn. You know what? No, it wasn't. It was where they went because that's their family, too. And it's you know, and that is principles before personality.
0: Boy, is it ever!
1: <laughs> it is, is it ever? and you know what? Here is the gift. You know, um, my former mother-in-law passed away a few two Christmases ago the same year that my same same week uh, that my son was graduating from college now I think we've talked about how we've moved to this very small one red light town uh, it's halfway between Houston and San Antonio and finally let go uh, with with my son and in his you know path and employment and what he's going to do and then they got married last may and Course, we're closer to our, our daughter and we're closer, physically closer to our daughter and to our son and daughter in law and our granddaughter, and still want to see our granddaughter more. And, and practicing the principles and the things that, that the kids heard growing up is be true to who you are. And my daughter reminded me this past summer, Mom, remember you always told us to keep our side of the street clean.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I'm like, wow. Thirty-one. She was. She remembers. Oh my gosh. She's telling me. And lo and behold, you know. And I'm telling my son. because he, he wasn't happy. Is was, you know, be true to who you are. And your passion. And this is the other thing in this tradition is that we don't need to hold our, our loved ones hostage because we're afraid they're going to leave. Which you brought up about abandonment. Yeah. If you go and live your dream, I may not. My needs may not get met. Now you've created your family, so it's not your responsibility to meet my needs, except in our individual relationship. You have your own family now. Right. Follow your heart, and sharing with him and with with both of them that this is where our happiness lies, is when we are true to who we are, who we're called to be. He made a, a very serious decision in changing his, his, his degree plan in college. And lo and behold, and I, and I told him, I said, if it is God's plan for you, and you're true to that, the door will open. And, and if the timing's right, it will all just unfold. And they've opened a restaurant January first, right here where we live. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? And Thanksgiving, their father's family lived fifteen minutes from us. And when we moved here last year, it was wonderful.
0: Yeah.
1: Two Thanksgivings ago we got that they came went to their dad's family first and then they came here. And it's like, wow. You know, I could have created such division. Mm-hmm. Such resentment. Do you think they would have wanted to come see me on Thanksgiving when it was their choice? No. Yeah. There would have been resentment. And the abandonment issue that you brought up, I just got to say this, and I know we're about out of time. We all have abandonment issues. It's not some do and some don't. The core fear of every human being is that I will be left alone. Mm -hmm. Some people will say, not me, I like to be alone. Okay, think about it. Our core fear is that I'll be alone. And so I don't even let people get close. And then when I do, I'm so afraid that if I let you close, you're gonna leave. You're
0: gonna leave, yeah.
1: And the thing is, Sometimes people do leave because people die, but we all have abandonment issues, which is why our relationship with our Creator is the only relationship that will never, ever abandon us, ever.
0: Amen to that. We- so,
1: you know, what I'd like to close with is, um, in this tradition, is that There are promises in Tradition 4 that as we continue to inventory our family, we continue to stay close to the principles that we have outlined as to who we're going to be. And it also reminds us of Rule 62, not to take ourselves too seriously. And that when we exercise our independence. We grow up learning to take other people into consideration and to think, is this best for our family, for our group as a whole, or is this a selfish, self-centered decision that is best only? For me, and we can look, just look, turn on the news, and you will see a prime example of what that yeah. looks like. It is never a creator of peace and harmony, yeah. but of yeah. chaos. And we get to laugh at ourselves, and we get to have an open and honest family, and grow. And grow.
0: Good. Good stuff. Good stuff. We are at a time, my friends. Uh, listen to the show again, replay it, because uh, read, cha-
1: read tradition four. Yeah. If you have comments and you have uh, additional thoughts, please let us know. Yeah. Uh, if, yeah. You, if you have questions about tradition five, you have insight or experience that you'd like to share about tradition five, please. We'd love to hear from you.
0: Please do that. Please do that. This, this is supposed to be interactive. Don't yeah, tradition on-
1: five is each group has but one primary purpose, various message to the alcoholic who still suffers. This is going to be interesting. It is. So if you have experience <laughs> with this tradition and applying it to your life, personal life, and your family, um, love to hear it.
0: Man, All right, and folks. <laughs> we will talk to you or see you or listen to you or you'll listen to us next week. Same time, same place here at take radiocom The Caroline Preston Show on relationships. Carol, we'll talk to you next week.
1: Yes, and uh, have a great week.
0: All right, folks. Until our next broadcast, this is Monty and Carol, and we're wishing God's perfect serenity for you. Bye-bye now.
2: Bye. Take me I'm angels instead.
0: This has been a broadcast of KHLT Recovery Broadcasting.